This Three Beards Media podcast may contain mature themes and may not be suitable for all audiences. the storm where we talk all things cyclones we are coming to you again live from the gravitate co-working studios i'm dave larson here with my storm team partners and cyclone greats brent curvey and marcus pfizer gentlemen how are you tonight doing good man doing good how about yourself i'm, I'm doing well we our snow is uh, seemingly melted uh something you don't have to worry about there marcus are who our snow has melted. <laughs> he said, say what? It's, nah, it's nah, white it's stuff that we, comes down from the sky. I, I remember it. Uh, we get a little snow on top of the mountain, on Mount Charleston, but that's that's about it. But you have to go to it. You probably don't see it down in the valley much, do you? You, you have to go to it, but I don't <laughs> go to it. <laughs> well, speaking of snow, we saw a tremendous game on Saturday between Iowa State and Kansas State. I'm calling it the... Snowmageddon, Farmageddon, what an amazing game. Uh, took some notes here. 35 offensive plays for Iowa State, 102 for Kansas State. We had two total plays in the Kansas State side of the field. I, I don't know. I, I've never seen a game like that. Have you? That was unreal, man. Super dope. It happened in our favor for a change, but that was, that was unreal to see, man. Our offense looked crazy explosive but that snow is it, it, i mean it can be a gift and a curse <laughs> and it, it was a gift for us but it was definitely a struggle for them well and i thought it was remarkable too you know there were so many times where you saw us just take off and make those cuts and even in nice games on a, a, a september jack trice field you see players slipping or cutting and I didn't see any slippage at all on top of that snow. And that, there was quite a bit of snow there in Manhattan, Cat, Manhattan, Kansas for that particular game. I, I, are they wearing some different type of shoes or something in comparison to Kansas State? What, what do you think was the difference there in, in us being able to make those cuts? Usually, uh, I know for grass games, we'd wear like metal cleats. So like the screw-in cleats versus the other shoes that you want on turf is like molded. So like they basically the cleats come in, but so with the other ones, you could like screw them on and off um, so that obviously if they were ever dull or whatever, you could always swap them out for a new pair. So or swap the bottoms out for new actual cleats. So, I mean, in all honesty, that that could have played a, a role in it. I mean, you would think that K-State was prepared enough for that. But I mean, they were making some plays, too. Um, they weren't as sure tacklers as we were, though, but um yeah, I mean, it would appear that we came prepared for snow, um, and that would be a big reason why we were able to keep our footing a lot in that stuff. So, Well, the Kansas State ground crew, they seem to have issues with getting the, the snow off. I saw before pregame there that they, they were taking a leaf blower to try to blow yeah. off the snow off the, off the sidelines and then off the, the, the midfield lines. But outside of that, I was really surprised they didn't try to sweep through a couple times during the game. Yeah, me too. Got to so be other better prepared, man. Yeah, other stats that I wrote down here. Time of possession, Iowa State, just 17 minutes and 48 seconds. K 
Kansas State 42 minutes. I mean, we're talking three quarters of the game. Kansas State mm-hmm. held the ball. That, our defense was out there for an awful long time, but boy, they they really came up big at the end. Yeah, our defense has has been great for us pretty much all year. Uh, it's, it's the one thing that we've you know had confidence about them being solid uh, game in and game out, and you know. They they bought the guys the offensive side a lot of a lot of times to get better throughout the year and and things are just gelling right now, you know I was I was a complete fanboy you know that game I was <laughs> weight room, uh you know while you're trying to w- work out and watch you know a football game especially your team it, it kind of throws your sets off a little bit you start getting that little cold sweat because you know you're not staying locked in into the action of of working out but. Man, that was a great game to sit up there and watch. I, I felt that, you know, you have those feelings where you feel good. You feel good the entire game. And and, and don't matter, no matter what what could happen, what could go on. It's kind of like the game, um, was that yesterday, uh, the, the Eagles game. You know, we, mm-hmm. we you just, you know, if you put the ball back in Jalen's hands, he's going to score and mm-hmm. they're going to win the ball game. And how I felt mm-hmm. good, you know, Saturday about, about the game down in Manhattan, I felt that exact same way. I just feel like no matter what they throw at us, you know, snow piling on top of the helmets and all of that, we're going to come out with this win. And it was, it was I love games like that. I love games mm-hmm. like that. Well, players make plays no matter the temperature, no matter the weather. Players are going to make those plays. And certainly uh, uh, Sama was on top of his game. He got his first career start. Rushed yeah. for 278 yards. Uh, three touchdowns. That was phenomenal. Imagine if it wasn't no snow. <laughs> that's only fourth place on Iowa State's career games I leader. I mean, Troy, Troy I Davis had two 300-yard games and another game that's that he was crazy. closer to close to 300. Mm-hmm. That, that's what's so crazy about all this. Yeah. I, me and my son were just having a talk about that. I was like, wasn't Troy's record like 370 something, 378 yeah. or something like that? I was like, I ain't gonna lie to you, that's gonna be tough to, to be. Like, <laughs> I think that's gonna stay because nobody's running the ball 40 times a, a game like we were back then with Troy's around. But it's like, man, 400 yards of offense for one dude. Like, I, I mean, you're talking about the recovery that the kid's gonna need for a 400 yard game. I'm sure it's crazy <laughs> for that almost 300 he went for this week, but. I think that record might not be tapped into. Um, I think I'm a. I'll, I'll bet some money on that. It'll stay there for a while. <laughs> Just saying. Another player that stepped up was uh, Noel or uh, Jalen Noel. Mm-hmm. He had the two long touchdowns, 79 yards and 82 yards. Um, the one play that made me a little bit nervous was that tiptoe up the sidelines that mm-hmm. I just had flashbacks of the Kansas game again where they had the the, the referee phantom called him out and he was in the whole time and yeah. no such play this year uh he ran rapid sidelines for a touchdown that's it it's, it's one of those get back games uh, it's, it's almost like a makeup call you know what i'm saying they didn't they called it called it out of bounds at the ku game and they're like yeah we'll see in a couple of weeks at against k-state we'll give it to you if we're here again so we got lucky. We got lucky <laughs> that they didn't find something to find something wrong. But you know, he was clearly in. But you know, how that goes? Well, and and uh, that was a nice little block on on one of the plays. The the tightrope down the sidelines there. Bramer had come up and sealed mm-hmm. off that end and just created enough space for him to sneak through there. And then he was gone, off to the races. It was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Now this is this game marked the uh, we had ten first downs to Kansas State thirty two first downs, wow. and believe it or not, this was the first time that the Cyclone football team has had four conference road wins in a season. Wow, that's dope, man. Yeah, considering how we started the season, I mean, we thought it was going to be a struggle through, even though we had confidence that they were going to figure it out slowly. I think they figured out a lot a lot faster than we suspected uh expected, but at the same time, you know, we could have could go back to the Ohio and that Iowa game. Man, I'd mm-hmm. love to see those guys right now. I would yep. love to see those guys right now. Mm-hmm. 1000%. So Just needed great. that time to jail, man. That's why I said, you know, I was kind of talking about it in in the chat, I think 
obviously these guys are going to be scary going forward after this year, seeing how well they were clicking at the second half of this season. But I always said it takes every job has a learning curve, man. So these young guys got thrusted in and you see, they started starting to figure it out, starting to figure it out. Another game goes by and it's like, all right, less mistakes, less mistakes. And, Starting to click a little bit. I said, I think Shell House is finally starting to find his groove. But when you have playmakers like that that have the ability to make guys miss an open field and obviously break off big plays, you just you slowly start to tailor the offense around the guys and everything will start making sense, especially when guys you put guys in positions to win. Um, they've done a really good job of that these past couple of weeks. Do you think uh, Sama had something to prove tonight or uh, on Saturday? You know, we – Went into the game not really understanding the situation at the time, but apparently Eli Sanders and Cartavius Norton decided to um, perhaps enter the transfer portal, although at that time uh, no one really knew until after the game and, and, and Coach Campbell had alluded to something of that sort. Um, you think Sama had uh, had come in with a little chip on his shoulder to, to prove that he was the number one back? No, not in my opinion. I mean, the kid had – like, he shined in the past couple of games he's played in. Was that, he was a newcomer of the week or something like that. Was it against uh, – that wasn't KU. That was the game before or after. Whatever. He was newcomer of the week at one point already this season. So, I think, you know, outside looking in, I feel like they kind of had an idea that this was going to happen. So, Samu was probably getting a lot more reps this week because – was anticipated that he was going to be the guy. And we've we flip-flopped backs all week, I mean, all year. Nobody's been like the true starter all year, and they've been trying to look for that replacement. And seeing that they had a home run hitter in this kid, and he's young to get that much playing time, you know, the older guys are like, well, I see what time it is. Like, there's no need to rest a kid like that on the bench if he's making plays like this. And they show support on Twitter and stuff like that too, so you can tell there's no bad blood. They just probably want to play. And they know that's not going to be the case, you know. So, yeah. Now, Brent, you had made reference when you were pulled up and 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 made your first start. The attitude or the thinking at that time was just, "It's next man up." You know, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get up and go. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that kind of the mindset you think that Sama had at that time? Like, let's just go. I know what I can do. <laughs> let's play. Yeah, I mean, I think. He, he's always had that ability, kind of that home run ability. He's a, he's a you know freakish athlete. I've watched him here uh, in the Des Moines area for you know the last three years or so, and just kind of saw him. And schools were looking at him to be a cornerback, and I think Iowa State looked at him in the beginning you know, when they offered him he was a cornerback. But I think he had set out his senior year to prove every prove to everyone that he was a running back, and then all the offers started coming in. And well, I think he just kind of carried that chip with him going into the season, like I'm a legit back and he's made his case. Um, so I think he kind of carries that in his back pocket more than anything else, you know, proving everybody like, Hey, I'm, I'm an actual running back, not, not a corner. I'm a good athlete, but I can actually run a rock. So um, I think that might be something he kind of plays with. Um, but, you know, every, I mean, well, I can't say everyone. I knew it was going to be his job at some point. I didn't know it was going to happen this quick, but, I knew it was going to be his job just because of like what I've seen him do, you know, over the course of my years watching the kids. So some, some guys you look at you like, Oh yeah, he'll, yeah, that's going to be his job. You know what I'm saying? Like you see when they're young and they get that chance, they won't let it go. I just, I I saw that in him. Well, and you're right. I think that Iowa State was recruiting to be an athlete. The position was athlete. We'll figure it out once you get up here. And then he rushed for what? 300, 50 yards and five TDs in that state championship game. And I think that pretty much cemented it that why don't you start out at running back? We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? All right. Any other uh, takeaways from the game uh, from Saturday night? Well, for me, like I said, it was just fun to watch, you know, to, to see, you know, some of you had to come through and, you know, not like his, his coming out party, but, because we've seen the flashes. We we know how good he was going to be. Um, but it's promising to, to watch. I mean, you know, when you get comparison to, you know, the great Troy Davis and, you know, Brees Hall and, you know, you know, a, a lot of people forget how good Darren Davis was, Troy's little brother mm-hmm. as well. 
you know. Yeah. So I remember those those days where the running back was the you know the stars on the team. Uh, rest in peace to, to Ennis Hayward. Me and him was in school mm-hmm. together, and you know Ennis was just that back that was that that bruiser. So to 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 have that type guy to be able to come in after you know following uh, David Montgomery and Brees Hall and fall right in line, you know, that's that's very exciting to see. And so, you know, we're going to play out the rest of this year, finish strong, and, you know, get ready for next year. So we've got the uh, Big 12 championship game on Saturday, uh, Texas yeah. against Oklahoma State. Any thoughts on who pulls out the win there? I think Texas wins Texas. It by a landslide. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'll be close. Yeah, me too, Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's let's call it three. Where I think Texas is doing. As much as I'm going to be cheering for Oklahoma State because I don't want Texas to win, Texas is just, just too talented. Yeah, they are. They got a lot yeah. of pieces, man. They had some slips early in the season. You know that they, they got them off track of you know possibly being in the playoffs, but you know he, he's really changed that turn that program around you know when, you, when you're down in texas and you know <laughs> all of that that britain <laughs> all mm-hmm. of all of that texas money down there they change the program around real quick yeah real quick <laughs> they'll rearrange everything and it really bad too, to get some winning happening <laughs> so man so the football team ends their regular season uh playing in the snow and making snow angels um, Eli Sanders and Cartavius Norton heading to the uh, transfer portal. It looks like uh, today it was also announced that Deshaun Hanneke, who's been sitting out the year due to the gambling accusations, has also chosen to enter the transfer portal. Um, any thoughts with uh, – I, I got to admit, I'm not a big fan of the transfer portal. It's been frustrating to watch. Um, maybe it makes me an old-school, get-off-my-lawn type of guy, but um, – you're seeing some some kids that are transferring even twice in their career. I, I can get where a coach leaves, and there is a little bit of free agency that happens there and allowing that student athlete to move on if they would like to. Uh, but, boy, when you're a starting uh, type of caliber player um, and you just transfer a second time, Will Howard from Kansas State, we just beat, we just beat the Wildcats. He announced today that he's transferring. One of his backups – uh, who incidentally went to Valley High School during COVID year, he's transferring as well. It's uh, it really has changed the dynamics of the of NCAA football that I, I'm not sure, certain that we'll ever get away from. No, I mean you introduce money to to college kids a lot earlier, so that's obviously going to play a, a role in it. But you know, I think it's it's good for those guys who really just want the opportunity to play, but won't get to see it at whatever school they might've chose the coaching change. Cool too. But I think the two and three transfers, it just creates this culture where uh, I'm facing a little adversity here and I might have to work to get something. I'm just going to leave. I don't, I don't like that. Um, Cause I think that's a huge part of the conversation my son and I are having is, like wherever you're gonna be, like plan on making that home. Like, I don't right. want to see no trans. You do a grad transfer year, okay? Because now you're, you know, you're done. You just want to go somewhere or whatever. But like wherever you decide to go, like stay there because you need to learn how to fight. You got to battle your way to the top because you know no matter where you go, you'll be the the small fish in the big pond. You got to figure it out. But I mean, it's you know, it, it's a gift and a curse, man. But now that money is involved for the top tier guys. You know, they can be a starter on your team this year and know they can go to, you know, oh, Lincoln Riley's out there and he wants me. Well, I'm going to go to USC because I know I'm probably going to get met with a check and a jet. You know what I'm saying? So these kids don't care about any loyalty to any program. Um, but I'm I'm not I'm a fan and I'm I'm not a fan. It's kind of like I'm, I'm torn, to be honest. Yeah, they they need to, you know. Get the reins on in some way, somehow. I mean, because, yeah. you know, like like we said, old school back when we were in school, you know, if you transferred, you had to sit out that year, you know. So I, I remember um, my freshman year to my sophomore year when Coach Floyd left and Coach Eustacey came in, you know, once he was, was introduced and he came in, it was we had a, um, 
big press conference at the Jake. And, you know, and, you know, they had me speaking and talking. They were, you know, they asked the questions about, you know, me transferring. And I was like, no, I'm staying. And, like, it was a big uproar. The crowd was clapping and stuff. And so I looked I looked at Stephen and I'm like, did they think I was leaving? Like, that, mm-hmm. that never even crossed my mind. I said, you know, yeah. I, I made a promise to, you know, come here and play for uh, Coach Floyd. Coach Floyd left, you know, to – Coach the Chicago Bulls, and that next promise was to you know play for Iowa State, and I planned on being here until that time was over. I mean, it never crossed my mind. Um, but now we're we're in, we're in a time where you know, like I said, the NILs are definitely you know presenting this this picture that is greener on the other side. This the, the grass Absolutely. is greener on the other side, and you know they're they're trying to lure you in and things like that, and so. Like you said, we know we've seen a couple players on three or four different colleges. Then you have the COVID year. Then you know they may have redshirted a year, and it's like, you know, I, I I saw a guy that was playing the other day. I figured what basketball team he was on, but he's 26 years old. You know, and my oldest son is 26, and he's been a pro for two years. It's like, you know, how are you still in college? Now I can see if you started school late, but like you're on your seventh year of eligibility. You know, how do you get that? You know, and he's been to a couple of schools here and there. So it's like, you know, go ahead and stay there and, and try to battle it out. See what you got. If, if you have aspirations of making it to the next level or getting to the next level or what are you really there for? It's like, you know, you're not going to me personally. I feel like you're not going to run me off. You're not going to chase me off. I'm going to build what I can build here. Yeah. Try to build some kind of legacy here and just mm-hmm. go in, go from there and. That was my whole mentality, but the kids now, nah, they they they're chasing whatever it is they're chasing. That's it. Now, I like that comment too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to have one. Yeah, I'm not even sold on the one open. You know, I was talking with Chris Shipley before we got started today, and it almost feels like I, I wish that there would be better rules in place or or more guidance. Of which, you know, if you're a starter or have played more than 50, 60, 75% of the snaps. I, I don't know what that would necessarily look like, but you shouldn't be able to transfer or you can only do so with coach's permission or something like that because you're going to have players that, hey, I've got this super guy. I've got a Abu Sama behind me <laughs> that really everyone can look around the room and say, yeah, he should be starting because he's an exceptional talent. So I am going to go and, and, and look somewhere else. And my coach agrees with me because – that means Abu Sama gets to have more snaps, but just to openly transfer, just if it just doesn't feel right. Do you think that most kids and Brent, you may have answered this a bit. Do you think most kids that are coming out are now looking at that backup? Like, Hey, if things don't work out after a year or two, I will transfer just because the rules allow me where when you guys were in school, that really wasn't an option. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think when I played, if you transfer, you had to sit out a year or something like that, which was yeah. not it. Um, even if it was out of conference, it didn't matter. But uh, I mean, yeah, kids are going in with that. Well, if it don't work here, I was recruited by 40 schools and I was super tight with 10 of them. So if I go to Michigan State and I don't like it, I am transferring to Iowa State because I know they like me, you know what I mean? So these kids are all walking into it with that, with the idea of if it don't don't work here, I'm going to go somewhere and make it, you know, I'll have the chance to go elsewhere to work. But uh, I think there should be some sort of reins on it, some sort of limitations um, with it so that guys can't just, uh, just waste everybody's time. Yeah. Throw throw that, throw that. You got to sit out a year back at them and and see how how much it, you know, tapers down a lot because that that changes the NIL lure money and all of that. Like, you know, throw that out there. Yeah, that's the one thing that I think will change it a lot. One hundred percent. I mean, like you said, right, I remember so- seeing a some some football guy. Sorry, I was just thinking about guys playing for like six and seven years. Uh, Oregon, I think, had a tight Bo end. Nicks. That, Bo Nix. Yeah, Bo Nix is yeah. yeah him too. Yeah, there was a tight end too, but it's like. How how do you what are you really trying to do? Right, six or seven years of football. Like you twenty four, <laughs> you twenty four, twenty five, leading the race in Heisman. By the time I get to that age, I, I either supposed to be a pro or I'm going to win the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> I mean, should. come well, on now, yeah. <laughs> right? 
Like, come on, I, I I remember, and I love I, I love Ed Ed Nahara to death. You know, we've been close friends since we were in college. But as like as a freshman, I think he was like twenty one or twenty two, and I was eighteen. I was a freshman. Mm. He was a sophomore. They were mm. saying like how good he was, and I answered like they asked the question, and I answered like genuinely. I was like, "Well, hell, what you expect? He, I'm I'm eighteen years old. He's twenty one. He's supposed to be this good, you know." Right. But that made me, you know, get in the weight room and want to get better. Then that sophomore year, I changed that around a little bit. Yeah. So it, it's like when you're around <laughs> and you're older. I mean, you're supposed to figure. I mean, you know, what, who is it? Brian Winky, the one that the Heisman at twenty eight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to be in the NFL eight or nine years by now, you know. Oh, so man, they like almost all Wink, Chris Winky too. Chris well, Winky, yeah, yeah. So Chris Tyler Chuck, you may remember him. We played against Oregon. He was the one of the quarterbacks in that bowl game in the Fiesta oh yeah, yeah, in 2020. But he announced today he so he transferred from Oregon to Texas Tech. He's transferring as a as a graduate transfer, so I believe that he's going to be on his seventh season of college football in 2024 as well. He transferred from somewhere else before he went to Oregon too, didn't he? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Hmm. That requires too much homework for me tonight. So, uh, <laughs> ship ship said Michael Penix was he transferred started at uh, Indiana, so yeah. same thing like. You know he's second and third in the in the Heisman race. Like, come on now, but <laughs> another old man. <laughs> Every time I hear you guys talk about seven years, it reminds me of that quote from Tommy Boy when he says, "A lot of guys went to college for seven years." Yeah, <laughs> that's right, <laughs> Tommy Boy. Uh, so I'm not I'm not naming names on the podcast, but his name's Steve Yock. Also did the seven year plan. Anyway. Uh, question of the day before we go to break, uh, and I want you to come back with an answer. Your choice, if you could do it, a Final Four appearance or a football championship game. So we're going to go to break from Revelton Distillery, hear from them, and we'll come back with your responses. At Revelton Distilling Company, everyone has become a part of the Revelton family. From the Taylors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins, to the team who installed Lucy, our 33-foot-tall custom-made still, right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn, and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45-minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind-the-scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or find all of Revelton's award-winning spirits at any local grocery or spirits retailer. All right, and we're back. Thank you, Revelton. Uh, tonight, I've gone back to the whiskey, cream liqueur. Actually ran out uh, over the weekend for the Thanksgiving holiday and had to go out and buy some more tonight. So thank you, Revelton. Uh, looking forward to, I believe it's uh, December 9th. We're all uh, Three Beards Media is meeting down at Revelton and Osceola, where you have a chance to meet all the podcast hosts. And I think we're doing one ginormous podcast that we'll be uh, uh, doing going from live from Revelton. So I hope to see everyone then and, and, and tune in. Uh, so before the break, I was teasing about my friend Steve. No, it was actually five and a half years. We just give him, uh, I just harassed him about the seven year plan, but just five and a half. Five and a half. <laughs> so, anyway, the question final four appearance or football championship game? What would you guys choose? Uh, final four, as in football or basketball, final four. Uh, basketball I mean, final, that's a valid question. So let's assume right. basketball final four and football championship game. And it's Iowa state. You guys are, uh, not eligible to play. Unfortunately. Hmm. Don't want to be, I, I'm a football fan. So I, I mean, <laughs> I'm going football. I'm, I'm going yeah. football. I mean, you know, I, I feel not to say it felt like I failed, but I mean, we were, we were, on the road to, to getting there. We were one game away from it. Um, so that is what it is. But, you know, 
I mean, there's no secret. Football is my favorite sport. Football fan, I definitely would, would definitely would love to be on the side. I will be on the sideline of that one. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, geared sure. all the way down to the socks. I'll probably have Cardinal and go shoe strings <laughs> to my shoes. I'll be there for that one. For That's sure. It. And I would hope Revelton and Gravitate would find a way for us to get down on the field. You know? <laughs> yeah, we would, we would heavily promote the um, the co-working space on the sidelines of the national championship game. That's Definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's you, an easy one. That'd be, that's an easy championship. Like I've been a part of a couple of them in football and it's like just that atmosphere is ridiculous. You know what I mean? And, and you get the chance to walk away with the ring. Um, I'd go with the championship. Got to. It's yeah. It, it's it, it was super dope, man. Super super dope. Well, I, I suspected so Marcus dope. would fit would would select football because I know you're a big football junkie. And Brand, yeah. I thought you'd pick Final Four, being a basketball junkie. So <laughs> it's a it's a weird it's a weird dynamic that you know. <laughs> they, no, they, no. I mean, I they they automatically assume whatever sport you participated in is should be your favorite. And I mean, that's just not the case. Like, you know, that's just not the case. I mean, you know, for, it just depends on what you, what you love the most and what you can and cannot do. You know, I I could, I could do football a little bit, but I think I did basketball a little bit better. So I lean towards that. And, um, you know, the rest is history, but, you know, it's that's been one of the trivia questions like my whole career. What's your favorite sport? And people who really know me know it's football. I'm like, how the hell that happened? You know, my dad, <laughs> my dad had me playing football first, and that was yeah. you know my first love. And so once I mm-hmm. grew from six feet to six seven, six eight, he was like, Nah, it's time yes. to come off and out there. You Get know. your hands out the dirt, son. Let's uh, right. pick up this right. round ball. <laughs> right. Especially everybody else is not above like six three, six four out yeah. there. Nah, you, you come on on. Now, nah, if I was somewhere like you know Texas mm-hmm. or Florida, you know, I whatever where they had like football players. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I met Reggie Hayward and Reggie six seven, mm-hmm. and we eye to eye, and you know, and <clears throat> we were at the wreck. You know, Reggie could play basketball. Jumping mm-hmm. there, dunking everything. Well, he had so those I'm, huge long arms, too. Man, long arms, yeah. I was thinking, man, I hope this kid don't, you know, try to <laughs> come out there and, <laughs> and Reggie, another one made me get stronger. <laughs> yeah. I hope he don't come out here and try to, you know, play back. And then he was like, no, nah, man, I play football. And I was like, man, like, you know, Marcel, like, man, these guys are my size. Like, what mm-hmm. did I miss? Andy Stensrud. Like, all mm-hmm. these guys are my size. I was like, well, it's too late now. I'm definitely not going out there. <laughs> Out there to that, yeah. that frozen tundra. I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> I'm fine. Now, you're closer to what? About two thirty. What what was your playing no, weight, Marcus? At Iowa State, two forty five, two fifty. But you're talking about guys that are probably hovering closer to 280, 290, maybe three. No, no. football playing. They, they were light. They were light. No, man. no, Reggie. Reggie, Reggie was, was probably about two forty. I was going to say oh, he had to Reggie be about was that, that same. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't big. But Andy Stentry, yeah. he ended up moving to the Andy. Yeah. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, Andy was yeah. – he came in as a tight end. Andy played basketball too, so we both came in together. Um, yeah, so Andy was probably about 270 at the time whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He was big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Reggie was a slim dude. Slim. Yeah, Reggie was real slim. Real mm-hmm. slim. But, man, he could I, jump out the gym. He was in there. Yeah. <laughs> man, this uh, – didn't, <laughs> didn't I find out he played football? Oh, you can't yeah. be out here beating me at basketball now. Yeah, that ain't good. <laughs> that is not good. Man. Yeah. All right, so big, speaking of basketball, let's uh, shift our attention towards Orlando. Um, three three tough games for the Cyclones. You know, we um, we had four layups early in the season, and the competition really increased. Uh, lost or beat VCU 68 to uh, – um, I'm sorry – 84 to 68. Is that the final score? Sounds right. And then uh, lost to Virginia Tech, 71, 62. And then last night, lost, lost to Texas A&M, 73 to 69, which the game looked a little bit closer. Or the score ended up looking a little bit closer, <laughs> I think, than actually what it felt like at the end of the game. Um, I, I know we exchanged some text messages this week or over the weekend. What were your takeaways from this weekend um, in, in those games in Orlando for the basketball squad? 
Well, well I knew it was going to be a little tougher t- competition than it had been the first, you know, three or four games. So I was excited to see, you know, how they would fare against that type of uh, competition. Uh, I missed the VCU uh, game, but I, I caught the one against uh, Virginia Tech, and um, <clears throat> I missed most of the uh, Texas A&M game. Um, but, you know, just to just to see how we would fare against them. Um, the, the Virginia Tech game, their point guard that they had, you know, he's an older guy, really, really seasoned, know how to run the ball club, got a little tricks, you know, that that's in his back pocket that, you know, he, he got uh, the young fella, uh, um, Keyshawn them on. Um, so it, it was definitely wanted to win, wish we won them, but definitely knew that this, this was a test that they needed uh, early. We're still trying to figure some things out. I'm still going to be biased. You know, I'm, I'm a big Trey King fan. You know, I'm a, I'm a big, you know, big fan. You know, I want, I want, you know, the young fellow B. Lou to get out there more. I want, you know, Ward to get out there more and, and do the things that they can do, you know, to elevate the team. But, you know, like we said, it's early. How many games we got? Six or seven now. So um, while they're still learning, trying to put together everything, you know, hopefully they can do, you know, as the football uh, team did early in the year. So Taman Lipsy, you should really go back and watch that VCU game. Um, Iowa State was behind, and Taman Lipsy just seemed to take over that game. Finished with 22 points, and just he played hard. I mean, he played really well down the stretch, uh, in particular, and, and really fought for the Cyclones. One thing I found interesting over the course of the weekend is the rotation doesn't. It looks so much different, the player rotation from those first four games. Um, we saw Pawlitski come in, and he played a lot more minutes this weekend than he had previously. And, I'm, you know, I'm kind of wondering, at what point, you know, do you, do you think that TJ will sort of lock in what that rotation is going to look like? And in, in prior episodes, we've talked a little bit about Omaha Baloo. He barely played this weekend. It was I was shocked when, when I went back and, and looked at the minutes. He uh, played less than five minutes against Virginia Tech and less than, less than six minutes against Texas A&M. And I don't think it was due to foul troubles either. Any mm-hmm. thoughts there? Well, I, I mean, you know, it's it's the learning curve. It's early. It's early for him. Um, you are literally in – a state of basketball that you've probably never been in before. Like people don't understand how much better the competition is one level up and then the next level up, you know, even if it's not the talent or, you know, the skill and all of that, you know, veterans at that level know how to play. They know the little tricks and other trade and things to, to, to get you frustrated or to get you out of position and things like that. Um, so he, he's trying to figure it out. Um, but you know, our, our, our guards, you know, are really tough. Like I, I've, I've coached against Keyshawn Gilbert since he was in the seven, eight grade, you know, he's, he's played basketball against Marcus jr. Since he was in the fifth and sixth grade. So that kid is tough. He's, he's, he's in a different conference. Now he's in the big 12, um, playing against, you know, tougher competition that he played against at UNLV. So, Give him a little time, he's going to figure it out. You know, he's a really, really, really tough kid, and we know how tough Taman is. You know, he, he played extremely well last year as a freshman, and now this year he's trying to con- continue to gel everything together. And I and I think, you know, everything is going to have to get better in practice. Like, you know, I don't know how tough the practices are. I would love to be able to get back and, you know, just sit in the shadows and watch and see how tough practices are like. Our practices were tough. I mean, our practices was really tough. We had had a guy named Clint Vardley that was probably probably strong as Reggie. <laughs> that was just, you know, giving me the business all practice, but it made us better. It made us better from the top to the bottom. And like I said, they're going to have to get, get tougher in practice, and they're going to have to be allowed to get out there to make some kind of mistakes because, you know, it's a dim- different atmosphere when it's, you know that many people out there in the crowd, and you just got to go out, focus on on the things that you got to do to have success, and you know let it go. Well, and free throws seem to be an Achilles' heel as well. Sixty percent against VCU, uh, which that was the that was a win. 
Mm. Uh, Virginia Tech, 57%. And now Virginia mm. Tech, they shot a clip at uh, 87%. That's a big difference there. And then yeah. against Texas A&M, 66% again. So we got to make those free throws down the stretch. Yeah. Um, we Our goal was to make more – to make more free throws than the opponent attempted. That was, you know, something that uh, Coach Larry Stacey harped on, the coaching staff harped on. Um, so we put our, ourselves in position to get fouled, but getting fouled, yeah, you know, get up to the line and make them. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big responsibility that really changes the game, the dynamic of the game. And uh, we got to do a lot better than that for sure. Well, and any coach will, will tell you, make that first one at the very least. Make that first shot. Mm-hmm. Cause that gives you a chance for that second free throw or third. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, there's a loss of uh, Hassan Ward. Is that starting? Are we starting to see the impact there of not having that um, down on the block enforcer, particularly on defense? Was that a oh. me question or Marcus question? Either? Oh, I- I'll take it to you for either one of you. Um, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, he's, he's a guy that, that showed, you know, what he can do with his talent and his skill. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out. You know, hopefully it's not that long, but you know, that comes a part of the game. Um, you know, so while, while it's still early, you know, hopefully we can continue to, uh, you know, stay afloat while he gets healthier to be able to come back and, you know, for the most important time of the season, which is going into conference and things like that. So, you know, only time will tell in these next couple of games, you know, the, the huge impact of it all. But absolutely, we, we would rather have them than, than not have them out there. Yeah. Well, I got a question. I got a question real quick for Marcus. What do you say? I know I was talking about football in the, in the learning curve kind of being 45 games for – you know, younger guys, what do you think that is for the transition from high school to college for these guys? Well, um, Omaha, probably, any of those, any of those probably typically the same, but but it depends on the amount of reps that you're getting, the amount of time that you're getting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if, if he plays five minutes a game, this game, and then six another game, and then, you know, 10 another, now he's played a, a total of 25 minutes in three games. But if he's yeah. playing 20, 25 minutes a game, then that's more reps. That's more, right. you know, angles where, okay, well, the, the, the double team came and I was able to move it, and it was a turnover. Well, next time the double team come, I'm going to look in a different place. So it's not a turnover. But if yeah. that one time that he's out there for five minutes and a double team come and it's a turnover and he's not in the game no more, then, you know, he doesn't get that opportunity in that exact same game to do something better. And if we go into another game, another game plan, another defense, and maybe the, you know, the double team is not coming. Maybe he tries Mm -hmm. to do something else that's, you know, he hadn't had a chance to do before and now correct. So without the minutes and the time, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a longer process, but you know, the kid is a McDonald's All-American for a reason. Um, So we have to get them out there. We got to we got to get them out there and see what we can do, even if it's not running plays for him to score or whatever. With that athleticism, attacking the rim, playing defense, you know, we got to get him in the positions that he can help the the team get better. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. All right. uh, The wrestling duel, we had our. our correspondent Ooh. attend the Iowa Iowa State wrestling duel. That was a sellout up in Ames. It was also broadcast live on ESPN, which was the first time that a wrestling duel was on uh, on ESPN. Chris, I didn't know that. Chris was there. Give us your your take of uh, how that went. Man, that that was electric. That that whole environment was electric. The intro, the I, I mean, I, I think I tweeted out if I had one out in, I'd just wear it around the house all day long. That'd be the only thing I'd wear. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was great. I, that was the first time I had ever been to a duel. Um, I, there was a lot of rules that I didn't know. Um, but you picked up pretty quick, uh, that what was going on and, 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 and what you needed. 
Um, and then you look and you see, you know, said the coaches made a couple mistakes there. I think at the end of the, uh, 179 match, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. At the, uh, with woods, uh, from Iowa, uh, we had a takedown right there as the clock ended and they didn't challenge that, uh, and dresser later on in an interview said he messed that up. He should have, he should have done that. And then in the 179 match, um, I think that they had the score wrong. There's uh, something called riding time. And he, uh, the, the, the wrestler at that time had looked over to coach dresser and dresser told him to run it out, to ride it out, thinking that he had had enough points for riding time and not realizing that he needed a takedown to take it over. So that uh, both, both those were on coach dresser. He owned it. Um, but man, that was our best chance to beat Iowa in, in a long time. And uh, man, I, I just don't know shit like that just seems to happen to us like brain farts and and anomalies or whatever that i just i don't know but the crowd was electric it was it was great on tv uh from what i saw and what i got feedback from and iowa state did it right man it it, it was great i it, it was packed so uh I'll, I'll show you i had a uh i took a photo from my vantage point, I mean, there wasn't an open seat in that place, and it was wow. loud. It was loud. Wow. It looked so, incredible on ESPN as well. I don't know if anyone else had a chance to watch it, but I was at home oh, yeah. doing some errands and sat down, and it, it was captivating to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was some other, it was some other games on, like basketball, football, or whatever that was on, and I was, I was watching Iowa State. Versus Iowa mm -hmm. wrestling match, and to see it on ESPN, that was that was really, really dynamic for sure. Well, and I, I'm hopeful that the ESPN ratings will warrant a return visit uh, with those two schools because it was it shows off the state, it shows off the caliber of wrestling programs that the that the two state universities have, and it was a lot of fun to watch. It was intense. Uh, there were some upsets. There was some domination, and I, I didn't realize that there's a challenge flag or a challenge that you can have in wrestling now too. That's yeah, incredible. It's two bricks. It's called a challenge brick. Apparently there's two. Um, so uh, yeah. And, and Jay here says, I forgot about that. They broke out these, these trice logo and I will uniforms that were. Mm -hmm. um, they were real nice. They had aims on the front. Yep. That was big they time. Were, they were legit. Um, it was just, it was overall just super cool. And, and I think ESPN has realized what Iowa brings, the state of Iowa brings as far as wrestling goes. It's bar none. Well, it should have been, little, been all secret, that. I'm an, I'm an undefeated wrestler. I mean, you may not have known that. I grew up uh, wrestling and playing basketball when I was real little. And then I had to make a decision between the two sports because you would play at the, compete at the same time, same schedule. So I chose basketball. Only because I went to a, a weightlifting event and um, one of the wrestlers did a WWE on me, flipped me over and slammed me on my back. And I said, I think I'll play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> There's those uh, uniforms right there. That was the back oh, the on the top, the aims on the head on the head pieces. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they did. Yeah, that's dope. It, it was it was all around a good a good time. So definitely would recommend. It won't be my last one, that's for sure. Well, that's good. Are they, are, are they mandating that they wear the headgear now? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's mandated by the NCAA. I remember seeing a lot of guys with cauliflower hair. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of stalling, too. I mean, that, that was the one thing I learned. I was stalled quite a bit and should have gotten called a lot more for it and didn't. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, good job, Jamie Pollard, and uh, to both universities. I think they represented Iowa State, University of Iowa. Well, it was a lot of fun to watch. All right, so I think that we're closing out this uh, edition of In the Side of the Storm. Any final thoughts, Mark, for Brent? No, man, I just hope for a good bowl, man. Hope for a good bowl game. Well, by this time next week, we should know that because the uh, Big 12 championship game is, I believe, noon on Sunday or on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then the bowl, uh, 
bowl reveals will occur Sunday afternoon at some point. So we should know uh, if we're going to Shreveport or if we're going back to Memphis or maybe even Houston and or Phoenix. So I guess we'll just put on pause until we know more. San again, Antonio's just remind- in play too. Ooh, the Alamo Bowl. Mm-hmm. Especially that with that win over Kansas State. I think that that was a bigger win than what we had initially thought of. So that that would be great if we can make a return trip down there. Yeah, we I travel phenomenally if, well. Yeah. I think they <laughs> well, said you, if Texas makes the college playoff, that will slot us possibly for the Alamo Bowl. Mm. What place are Texas is Texas in now? I think they're I think they released that tomorrow as far as where the uh, college football rankings are. I think that's Yeah, tomorrow. I think they're five or six. They're, they were yeah. six before. Yeah, I think they're top six right now. Yeah, they were six before. But is anybody out of the top four going to fall? I mean, I know Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah, one of those two will drop out this time. Out of the four, oh, well, Ohio State will Ohio State will drop out. And possibly Florida State go in. They're undefeated. Yeah. But they lost their top quarterback. And yeah, I, that, that that's that, probably gonna stop right. them from going in. And then you've got like, you've got Washington lingering there too. If they win the Pac-12, I mean, I I don't know if that's that it's gonna be crazy. I th- although Washington I think is in the top four right now. Uh, I would not be surprised if tomorrow it's not Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and maybe Florida State. But a lot could happen with championship games this weekend, ACC yeah. uh, basketball or championship game in the Pac-12. Weird things happen in some of those games, and you just gotta be ready for anything to happen. And one of those could, one of those uh, surprise wins could result in uh, Texas taking that last spot. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm waiting to see what they're gonna do at Ohio State. I mean. You know, that was a big game. And to lose in Michigan, mm-hmm. they didn't get blown out. You know, yeah. so it's, you know, do we knock out Ohio State to bring in, you know, to make sure that Washington, you know, Pac-12, like, come on now. These, you know, we, right. no, no knock against TCU, but when TCU got to the national championship game, it was like, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where would that come from? So, mm-hmm. Well, and I think they want to avoid that again. You know, that was embarrassing. I know. It I, I was. think they want to avoid that. And, you yeah. know, unless – I got to think, though, that if Oregon beats – I think it's Oregon that's playing Washington. If Oregon beats Washington, yeah. Pac-12 is off the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's going to happen. I think Oregon is going to, is going to beat them. Yeah. Yeah, because Washington right. State gave them all they can handle this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So just a reminder, December 9th, uh, 12 to 2 at Rebelton and Oteola. Hope to see everyone there. And then we follow up uh, that Monday. We have a surprise guest. Maybe it's no longer a surprise, but we're, we'll be uh, having Jamie Pollard on this show. So tell your friends, family, uh, please like and subscribe to the podcast. And we'll see everyone next week for another edition of In the Side of the Storm. <laughs>